I'm Kyle Rode, and this is the Rebel HR Podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Rebel HR is a podcast for HR professionals who are ready to make some disruption in the world of work. Follow us online on Facebook at Rebel HR Podcast, rebelhumanresources.com, or follow me on Twitter at Rebel HR Guy. On today's show, we're going to pick up the conversation where we left off in our last episode, part two of HR in the Times of COVID. We're going to be talking about employee culture, morale, and safety practices that Human Resources has had to implement in order to react to COVID. Here we go. My Google search of the day uh, for what in the world am I supposed to do with this is HR best practices related to school, schedule changes, openings, reopenings, hybrid schedules. This keeps me up at night. What are you guys doing? (laughs) I think this keeps a lot of us up at night. I mean, I really think the nine to five workday is changing. um, And I feel for all parents out there and I feel for all employers out there. And I just think this is going to be really hard. I mean, if you're in an industry where you can work virtually and offer flexible schedules, I mean, that's awesome. Um, But there's a lot of us that can't. And I'm one of those that we have frontline associates and I am not sleeping because of it. Yeah, so let's so kind of going in that line as it relates to employee talent retention. What are you doing when people ask you, "Can I work from home?" We're allowing it in a lot of in the in the positions that we're able to. Um, we have a group of people that still have not not come back since March 16th. Um, you know, we encourage them to come back. We've already made a lot of changes in departments where people sit close together, where we've created extra spacing and have actually moved people in different areas in our facilities. That way, there's at least more than 10 feet of spacing between. We just don't have cube farms. I mean, that's not a thing we've ever really had anyway. Um, If there are people that have a relative or their son is sick but can't get tested and they just want to stay home and work at home, we're we're allowing it as long as it works. we had all employee meetings recently and we flat out said, you know, we're going to be, we're going to do our best to be flexible. Um, we understand everybody's going to have these types of situations, especially with daycare and school, school closures coming up. You know, as long as we all work together, we'll be fine. Is it going to be painful here and there? Yeah. It'll be painful for supervisors. Maybe some work will get out, you know, a few days later than our goals, but we're all in this time together and people I think just need to be a little more understanding of that as an employer we're trying to be and we want to communicate that to our employees now that's not saying the ones that will take advantage of the situation will get away with it because we know who those people are we've identified who those people are and um, as long as they can show an effort in good faith that they're doing what they can to try and work with us as well uh, we'll work with them and we'll all be fine We'll all come out of this. And that's the best thing that we can do right now because it's it's the unknown. It's the hypothetical rabbit hole of what ifs that we've been playing for four and a half months. And we're just going to continue to work at it case by case and reassure our people, hey, we'll be all right. We'll work with you as best we can. 
You're doing better than I am, Patrick. This is something I've really struggled with because we have a small group of individuals on our team and we're pretty much all leaders that can work from home and the rest of our staff is working with the public, like hands-on in the public. And me personally, I just really struggle that to be a good leader, um, I can't show up to my office every day when I'm asking you to go out and work with the public. Like I personally struggle with that. So it's been something that I'm working really hard on and actually, um, Sarah Noel Wilson, um, she has an awesome webinar on her uh, on her website. It's called Leading with Empathy. And I've listened to that about three times um, just when I find myself like, OK, I need to just kind of regroup. So this is OK um, and kind of reset. And that's been really helpful for me. Yeah, where I struggle sometimes is our manufacturing staff that can't work from home. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, just like retail and Kyle, I know you have it, too, and it's. And if it's a situation where it's a school closure and maybe they're not a high wage earner here, yet they have to be home on two thirds pay for two weeks or whatever, if your daycare closes, you know, that hurts. It hurts the pocketbook and it hurts them. And that's all that they can do. And we're going to run it. We have ran into it. And we're going to run into more of it. And you got to take it case by case, right? It's, it's all you can do. Yeah, I'm curious to see the work from home impact here after god willing COVID is gone and you know i think that the the employers that can figure out ways to effectively work from home and continue to maintain teamwork collaboration productivity efficiency all that uh, are going to be in a position where they're going to have the the pick of the talent pool versus employers that can't and so i uh, for the employers out there, I strongly encourage you to think about the the ramifications there. You know, my organization, as an example, did not do work from home before this. Threw together a, a policy in like a week to try to address some of the things that we thought might come up, and and now this thing has just has just drug on. But we're also seeing challenges where the team is not collaborating as much. We're seeing some some work challenges where people used to have conversations at the water cooler or happen by someone's office and have a conversation to solve a problem that they were facing and uh and, and just just the general camaraderie of, of the office you know i'll be curious to see how our our workplace changes but I, i'm i'm concerned that if we do too much work from home we're actually going to become very impersonal and it could actually be be bad for the culture yeah, I think we as HR and just leaders have to be very intentional about our culture and that as well. What I'm seeing a lot of is people, obviously, when you're communicating in person, you have body language, you have all that other stuff. But really, when you're just IMing or emailing all day, I have people, you know, come to me was, hey, was was Bob mad at me the other day? He was super short, like with his emails and just kind of trying to understand that. Um, and then I've had a lot of people too just say they can't really get the vibe of what's going on in the business without being in the office. So I've been really intentional about really trying to over communicate what is happening, what's going on. So we're seeing that as well. One thing I want to add, Kyle, because there's a lot like me, my staff, they can't work from home. Like there's no way that we could work from home. So 
just what I keep going to back to is like, okay, when and if this comes, how can we get creative with schedules to allow them to be able to do what they need to do with their family and at their home and then also still make a living? So I think that's probably what we're going to see in the organizations that really don't have that option to work from home is just get creative. Do you guys think this is going to be the end of the 40-hour work week? I don't. I actually, I'm going to take the opposite view. I think we're going to have a 50-plus-hour work week for people working from home because they can't shut it off. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the other concerns is, as I think about working from home, it, at least in the context of myself, I'm always at work because I, I have work available um, all the time, and I could – I could literally deal with something work-related 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So, you know, I get into the the work-life balance concern, and everybody needs some level of rest. And if they can't get some level of rest, I get concerned about long-term sustainability as well. Yeah, I, I would uh, concur with that. When you look at 40-hour work week, the, the Fair Labor Standards Act and DOL would just completely have to rewrite the script. And a lot of manufacturing businesses base their production time on 40-hour work weeks and then the overtime, you know, they hit their targets and goals and that sort of thing. I mean, business in general will just have to relook at how they're even scheduling work and, and their goals. Kyle, like what you said, when you're working in your office, and I've been in my office this whole time, home a few times, but when you're home, you know, I'm still taking the laptop home every day. And when I get home, as I start dinner, I'll have the laptop open. That way I'm always connected. And it's when you're more connected, you're you're less rested or you're drinking more in my case. <laughs> uh, and that's you know, so many people are in that situation. And um, you're right. People's mental capacities as we continue down this road is, is really going to be one thing to, to keep an eye on. I agree. And, I, you know, I think. If you if you have a a job like HR or a job where your your mental state is a significantly important part of decision making and moving an organization forward and making sure that people are safe, if you're constantly under stress and you you don't ever get a break, you're going to start making bad decisions. You know, public service announcement of the day, everybody take a break, rest. Yeah, I think don't I start drinking say- at noon like Patrick, evidently. <laughs> so there, there are a lot of employers though that do not have the ability to work from home for a lot of their staff. What would your guys' advice be for those employers? I think that's that's hard, especially like in an industry that you're in, where your appointment setting and and I had an appointment not long ago, and um, I was talking with with the person that I was with and they're like, you know, if I have to be home with a kid, I have to completely reschedule all these people. And you feel for industries like that, where it's like, yeah, the public, they're depending on you. They're changing their lives and works and daily schedules around to get to you. And now they have to reschedule. Now you're inconveniencing them. And it's this whole thing that, you know, that's the best word for this whole damn thing. It's an inconvenience for everybody. And it's painful. And there is no right answer to it. It's just do the best that you can. Yeah, I think if you are an essential employer and you and or you don't have the ability to offer work from home to your employees, you need to do the best to make that culture 
comfortable for people to work in and you need to make sure that people feel safe going to work or you're going to lose people. You know, it might be okay. You might be okay when unemployment's like eight to twelve percent, depending on your region. Have you guys seen a spike in turnover? Yes. In my industry, what I'm finding, um, especially when we came back when we were closed for two and a half months, they're like, "I love to be at home. I want to be at home with my mm-hmm. kids." So they stayed at home. Wow. So we are in that side. Um, in my other retail location, not necessarily. I think another thing we can do as employers that can't offer our employees work from home, aside from just being as flexible as possible with their schedules, is offer more paid time off, paid leave. I think that could be and should probably be something that we could do. And then really just continue to talk about why we're here and what our purpose is in this world, especially in in everything that we're doing right now. What steps have you taken, Patrick, to ensure that we are still building a culture that we can be proud to work at and ensuring that people are collaborating appropriately? That's been extremely tough. People were bummed out they can't sit at in the break room with their friends and eat lunch anymore. People were bummed that they had to sit at their workstations or just at their desks. Yet we're not giving them the Wi-Fi password so they can use the internet on their phone. There were so many little things like that that we recognized. It's tough. Um, we've tried to be reassuring. We've tried to send um, communication emails and, and memos or letters to employees multiple times a week, and we're still trying to do that. We're, we're probably doing it biweekly now, just reassuring them on what we're doing. And, um, you know, we, we're constantly telling them how much we appreciate them. Our sales force is, is stuck at home. Uh, they can't be out right now. I think they're just slowly starting to get back out into our industry, which is healthcare, uh, as doctor's offices slowly open. Um, but yeah, it's been tough. We're just trying to do our best with uh, paying attention to people and just reassuring them. We can't bring in snacks anymore and things like that. The other day we brought in a taco truck. It was the first time we brought in food since early March. So that was nice. People loved it. Uh, we're going to do another one tomorrow. Any little thing you can try to do to show appreciation is, I think, goes a long ways. We also have an employee incentive program that we're seeing supervisors incentivize employees a lot more with prizes, and that's been helpful. Molly, what are some of the things that you're doing? Yeah, so I am in an organization where we have several different locations, and I have been I have found the key to culture is working with our leaders, helping them understand how to create a good culture because it's really the little things that they do. So a lot of training, um, a lot of just giving them ideas on here's some things that you can do um, and also helping them understand people's mental states and how to, there's a lot going on and they need to understand how to support their employees through it all. Otherwise, we're, you know, we're doing things, we're trying the virtual happy hours, we're doing a lot more all associate calls and just really trying to over communicate um, as much as we can. And it's crazy. You know, the biggest thing I think a lot of employers should have thought about and hopefully they did is the decisions that they were making through when all this first hit, how that has an impact on their culture today. Um, I just read this actually the other day 
and it said there was a, there's been over a 70% increase in Glassdoor reviews mention, mentioning layoffs and how they handled them during COVID. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. What you said earlier is just so interesting, interesting about being close with the leaders and educating them on, you know, what to look for and pay attention to your culture. And this isn't a knock on leaders in any organization, but it's a situation like this pandemic that really opened your eyes on how far removed, not all of them, but a few leaders and managers, and maybe even some of them on the front lines were removed from the actual culture and what's happening with the employees they, they even interact with daily. And I think that's one of the best things that's come out of this pandemic is how eye-opening uh, this has been. And we're paying attention more, at least I hope. And it looks like it with the conversations I continue to have with all of our managers and leaders is I'm seeing them pay attention more um, which to me has been refreshing, and, and I think to anybody in an HR type of role. The other comment that I would make, I agree wholeheartedly. It's very difficult to build a culture when you're dealing with the level of concern and fear and societal unrest that we're dealing with. But I think the other thing that I've seen is, especially with working from home, but as as I've been dealing with employee concerns, is employees have to be much more authentic with their concerns than they than they did in the past. You know, we are asking questions of people that are probably uncomfortable, maybe a little bit personal. We're trying to understand how we can help people through the stresses of their life. And so being open and listening for for me and for my leaders in my company has really forced us to get to know our people better. And I think from a culture building standpoint, how do we how do we turn that into intentional and clear support of our employees outside of work in a way that helps them want to continue to work for me, right? Which is really easy to say on a podcast, but to actually do that day in and day out, is it takes a lot of rigor and focus. And I agree with you, Molly, 100%. It starts with the frontline leader. It starts with the person that gets the concern brought to them about childcare or school or an ailing family member or themselves. And then that supervisor doing the right thing, being empathetic and bringing that to the person that can help foster the appropriate response. And ultimately, I think this isn't just, this isn't just internal right? You mentioned Glassdoor. I mean, anybody anywhere can go get a social media account and blast your company today and just make it miserable for, you know, a PR person. A lot of times that's an HR issue. (laughs) It falls on our plate. And so, you know, we, we shouldn't do it for that reason, but just know that this, if you do the right thing for your team today and you treat your team right today, that will pay off tomorrow. Going back to your comment, Kyle, earlier about taking care of yourself. I think I'm seeing I'm seeing that with my leaders and I think others are seeing it as well. People aren't using their vacation time anymore because what are they going to do? So then they're just getting burnt out, they're stressed, they're dealing with all this crap. Um, so I think it's really important that we help them see the value of taking vacation even if they can't go anywhere. 
this this whole thing, you know, a few half days, maybe two half days after this whole thing, you talk about mental break. Um, I feel that too, and we all feel that. Starting Wednesday, I'm taking the rest of the week off to take a break and not do anything. And yeah, we're not going anywhere, but it's my head is full. Good, yeah, I think take a break, even if it's a staycation and it's just putting the laptop in the closet for three days mm-hmm. and putting on one of those really cryptic out of the office messages that says like, <laughs> I cell phone is not available, whatever it takes in your organization to get people to quit pinging you. Yep. <laughs> throw, on the, throw on the Tommy Bahama and the Crocs and call it good. Cool. <laughs> you know, I'm disappointed you're not wearing that today. <laughs> I, I, but I, but you can only wear a Tommy Bahama shirt with a, one of those big straw hats, right? Yeah. <laughs> I expect that next time. <laughs> yeah, that's the next dress code. And I want to see the Crocs. What, what color Crocs do you have, Patrick? The wife won't let me buy any. Oh. I hear they're making a orange. comeback. My daughter wants Crocs so bad. <laughs> they're coming back, I'm telling you. There you go. If anybody from the Crocs Corporation is listening right now and you want to do affiliate marketing, you know, here you go. We've got a we've got an audience for you. Molly's daughter. <laughs> yeah. Or parents that just want to, you know, be the cool parent and yeah. know what's going on. <laughs> All you listeners that love Crocs, you do you. So one of the things that I've seen on my team that's actually been really actually kind of surprising has been the fact that morale has been fairly good as I've had people start to return to the office and get back into a routine, start to see people that they didn't see for months. And, you know, I feel like the sense of camaraderie has, has actually increased now that we're back in the office. Molly, what have you seen at your organization as it relates to employee morale? Exactly the same thing, actually. We've been very fortunate. I think people are just feeling good to get into this new sense of normal and back to just social interaction. I would say also our, our business is booming right now. So that always helps. We've got commissioned employees. So when they're making money, they're happy. (laughs) So that always helps. Um, But no, people are, people are in real good spirits coming back. I think the weather has helped as well. And just like I said, connection, I think, the only thing that I'm seeing and that we're navigating through, which I'm sure all of us are, are just the different opinions on what's happening with the world. Things like masks, are they effective? Are they not effective? Um, so we are just, you know, my job has really been to try to moderate that. Um, but other than that, everything's going real well. You mean there's differences of opinion? Who knew? <laughs> Tell you, Facebook is... Oh, yeah. Do you know how many of my high school friends have become experts in the field of epidemiology in the last few months? It's crazy, right? It's very impressive. Yeah, yeah. It's been been pretty cool. Do you know what I tell people when they say, hey, I really don't like wearing this mask? What? Too bad. (laughs) Suck it up. (laughs) Pretty much. A little tough love. Let's get out of it quicker. Slow this crap down so our kids can go back to school. And I just think let's all be respectful of business policies. Yeah. Like whether or not you believe in it or not, um, if somebody has a sign saying masks are required here, don't be an asshole. 
<laughs> Put on your damn mask and shut up. <laughs> yep. Well, that's just it. That's the beauty of America. It's freedom, right? And as a as a private employer, you have the freedom to require people to wear a mask in your in your building. And that's the way it is. And consumers uh, yeah. have the freedom to go or not. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. If you don't like it, you can you can express yourself through not shopping there. You know, and regardless of not whether you believe in it or not, as a business owner and leader, if it's something that can protect us and protect, even if we don't believe it's going to protect the health, if it can protect keeping our organization open, do it. Yeah, I agree. You know, from my perspective, so we require masks in our offices as we've started to bring people back. And from my perspective, whatever your opinion is, wearing a mask makes a large number of people much more comfortable in the workplace. And you may not agree or you may adamantly disagree <laughs> that wearing a mask is is a good idea, but if it can make someone more comfortable in the workplace and make your coworkers more comfortable being around you or even in the same building as you, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. That's the conversation that I've had with people who have been objectively angry about wearing a mask. We're in the service industry, so I'm very fortunate to get reviews. That has helped us immensely with the buy-in of masks. I, for a while there, I was posting every day because we'd get so many reviews like, oh, I felt so safe going there. Everybody was doing the right things. So that was really helpful for me getting the buy-in of, of my team. Patrick, are you anti-masker? No. We actually... Um... <laughs> When an executive order out of Minnesota came out last two Thursdays ago, um, that applied to private business as well. So we actually do have a location that we enforce it. We don't enforce it company-wide, only when you can't socially distance, though. That's a recommendation. And you know what? It's It's been fine when people are walking through, you know, areas that they're going to cross paths with somebody. They're wearing them. That's fine. We haven't forced it yet. Um, just because our building is so spread out and all of our people are so spread out um, and quite a majority of them just have private offices. And our recommendation is if you have private offices, stay in your office. If you need to have meetings, do it through Zoom. So we have so many people have Zoom accounts now. So there's not really a whole lot of face to face interaction anymore. Um, you know, I don't know what percentage of people actually wear them here. It's not a ton, but they do. And it's it's been fine. If someone told me 10 years ago, you'll be implementing a mask policy that requires people to wear a mask in the workplace, I would have, I would have thought it was some nut job wearing aluminum foil on their head looking for UFOs. But I uh, guess not. And now UFOs are real, too. So, you know, I can't even use that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird year. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then since we last spoke, there's a coin shortage now. We're just adding to it. How many coins do you guys use? Is that really a, a, a big concern for a large number of Americans? According to Facebook, it is. Okay. What's the newest uh, What's the newest crisis for August? Has anybody heard the hot tip on August crisis yet? Back to school. Back to school. Do we or don't we? All right, guys. Thank you again, as always. I love the conversation. I always learn something from uh from talking to both of you and and uh you always challenge me to do better in my my day-to-day -day, so sincerely appreciate the time spent uh, i'm going to close up with the last hard-hitting question so it's a monday that when we're recording this 
in uh, in early August. Uh, Molly, what are you drinking tonight? Yeah, I'm really <laughs> excited about this question because I just got some new um, beer from Colorado. It changed my life. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a chili beer. So it's an ale, which I usually hate ale, so I'm surprised I like this, but it's got like a jalapeno chili taste. It's amazing. Molly likes spice in her life. Patrick, what are you drinking tonight? I want to go find that mustard beer. There's oh. a. <laughs> I am not with you on that train. What is that? There is some brewery that's partnering with uh, French's Mustard and <laughs> making a citrus wheat ale <laughs> with 150 pounds of French's Mustard, and I need to find it. I'm you sorry, guys. guys. I had to mute because I was, like, literally gagging. At the time. I was going to say, you guys can't see what we're doing, but Kyle and I are over here, like, trying to hold it together. <laughs> Nasty. No. no, no. It's 440, so I think by now my wife has thrown our bottle of Pinot Grigio in the freezer, and that will be gone tonight. Kyle, Mustard what is beer. What am I drinking? I'll probably I'll probably down a, uh, a session IPA. Because I got to get up and do it again tomorrow. So no no hangovers on Tuesdays for this guy. <laughs> Good stuff, guys. Mustard beer. I, I just don't even know. I, I'm going to find it, and I'll get it to you. Oh, if you guys could see the recording of this call right now. it's This is the most uh, um, dry heaving that I've seen on a on a, a Zoom call. Uh, the, the entire quarantine period. <laughs> oh, Thanks for making me laugh, guys. Great conversation. As always, if you are looking to uh, to connect with us, if you are needing uh, needing some guidance, if you are a candidate looking for a job, if you are an employer looking for some moral support or somebody to just share a conversation and maybe cheers over a mustard beer, uh, hit us up. <laughs> Molly Burdess, Patrick Moran, or Kyle Road. Uh, we'll have all of our social media links in the show notes. So. With that, uh, thanks, everybody. Stay safe, stay well. Follow us on Facebook at Rebel HR Podcast, Twitter at Rebel HR Guy, or see our website at rebelhumanresources.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rebel HR Podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any of the organizations that are here. No animals were harmed during the filming of this podcast. Baby.